Hey friends, we have some really exciting news that we want to announce. We want to build up some excitement about this. Our kids are going to be the primary participants in episode 20. Episode 20 is a great milestone and we're calling this uh, episode Kids Take Over. So if you've enjoyed hearing our kids on some of the prior episodes, we encourage you to listen in, especially on episode 20 where they will be taking over the topic the speaking, and even some of the editing responsibilities. That's pretty cool, right? Nice. Yeah, we're excited about it. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Encourage Inspire podcast. My name is Nina. And I am Nathan. In this episode, we're going to continue our conversation about consistency. And what we're going to try to do is take the ideas we talked about in episode number 17 about how to be consistent in mind or agreement and then consistent in application or in action we're going to talk about several different parts of life that are important to be consistent in. Our passion is building faithful families. Thank you for walking alongside us as we share stories and talk about the lessons we are learning. Hey friends, we don't often give a disclaimer in our podcast, but we feel that today's topic is one of those days that we need to give a disclaimer, especially if you're listening with a small child. We will be discussing several topics where we feel that consistency is important in our lives. In that very last topic, we'll be talking about marital intimacy. So if you're listening with your kiddo, um, we'll give another disclaimer uh, towards that time where we start talking about that topic, but we just wanted to give you a heads up. As we are talking about consistency in this episode, there is a verse that I think would be worth reading. It's 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Nathan, in regards to parenting, what do you see are some important things that we should talk about um, as we parent our kids with specifically with consistency within parenting? When we talked in the last episode, we were talking about how challenging it is to be consistent. I think one of the hard things about parenting is getting on the same page with your spouse about how to discipline mm. because oftentimes we come from different family cultures, different backgrounds. And so even to get on the same page on what discipline should be or shouldn't be in a family is super important. But then the extra hard part is after you're in agreement, how do you keep each other accountable to consistently do what you say you're going to do? So um, I want to, I want to make a very important call out. There's a difference between a child making a mistake mm. and a child intentionally, um, voliciously trying to disobey a parent. So yeah. we we heard some wise counsel one time, don't don't discipline a child when it's it's a true accident. Yeah. But make sure you take appropriate steps of action when a child is acting out in a way that they shouldn't be acting out. Or even I'm thinking about when we discipline, a lot of times we say, okay, if you do that again, then I'm going to do this. And a lot of times it's hard to follow through with that, I'm going to say threat or with that uh, consequence. Consequence, yeah. And, but it, that's what, that's one of the areas though, I think that is super important to be consistent in is saying, okay. I'm giving you a warning, but after this warning, this is the consequence for what you did. Yeah, I, I 
we we almost use the threat or th- yeah the threat of a consequence as a way for us not to have to follow through as parents. Mm-hmm. And so if you say this is the the consequence or the result, children love to press boundaries. Oh we, yeah, we all love to press boundaries. We need to let the kids know where that clear line is of oh, mom and dad are serious. They won't let me go past this boundary. And um, vain threats don't lead to the results we want. And I also think, though, that even though kids push those boundaries, they want those boundaries. They want to know what the rules are and what the rules of engagement are. And when, when they cross that, okay, if there's a consequence, they know that you really mean what you say. We have personally tried not to count down to our consequence. Yeah. We we want it to be in a situation where we say it, it's true, and if a child does not follow through in the way we expect them to or does something opposed to what we would expect them to, then it's immediate consequences. And I think that's very important because if there is a dangerous situation happening and you tell your kid to do something – and they need to do it immediately. I think that's one of the reasons why we've adopted that principle because it it could be about crossing the street or a car coming or I mean something like that or whatever the case may be where we need them to act on what we've said Immediate quickly. Obedience. Yeah. Yeah. I th- I think the the original story we heard was an old missionary story where the the family lived out in a village and there were big snakes around. Mm. And the the parents wanted the children to obey immediately because if there was a big snake around that a could swallow up the child to bite the child or whatever the consequence was of that, they needed their kids to respond as if their life depended on it yeah. because in that situation, their life really depended on it. Right. Now, let's move on to something not quite as uh, life-threatening, at least immediately, mm-hmm. but another topic we were talking about was screen time. Mm. Now- I'm saying not as life-threatening immediately, but we do notice that like our little kids knew how to swipe phones really, really early on. So A, they saw it enough in us, or B, they were giving given device time maybe too early, but it's just become something so natural. So what are your thoughts on how we need to be consistent in agreement and consistent in our application of what we say we will do with device time? One thing that I, I think about with device time is that sometimes it's easier to give them a device than Free to, <laughs> to do something else with the kid or have them use their imagination in a different way. There might be more, um, it takes more out of the parent, but we have seen, uh, what am I trying to say, like uh, surveys or things, um, just studies. Studies, thank you. Studies that have been done with device time that show that the more the more we're on a device, it it's it's like a drug and it's yeah, it's the dopamine it's, fix, right? Yeah, you and, get that temporary, really quick burst of excitement energy, um, and you feel good, but it doesn't last. It doesn't last and so I think limiting how much screen time and device time our kids have is actually beneficial to their creativity and to their mental health. So so I think we really need to call out for us personally, 
the hypocrisy of, of this topic <laughs> because we, we put limits on our kids that we sometimes don't limit in ourselves. And we probably should. And we, we definitely should. Now, the rubber's meeting the road live on the podcast right. as we're talking about it. But, but that's part of that consistency is there's certain aspects of parenting where you actually do need to show up as a premier prime example of how to live, live this out because our kids do see our hypocrisy. They do see when we carry carry out things in a way that brings God honor and glory. Yeah. So and it's modeling. It's, we we yeah. have to model. And there are times though that you know parents do get a like a say in in the time or the uh, to the degree of which something can be done just because of maturity within an age, you know, an age group of kids. But I still think there should be limits even to for parents in in how much device time that we model to our kids. Yeah, we're still working on this one. Yes. For us personally, I think we have better guidelines and in, in uh, boundaries in place for our kids than for ourselves. Um, another thing that kind of came to mind is something we've decided we want to do is we want to consistently celebrate key milestones in life. You and I have come to an agreement on that. So something that we're trying to do is we get to celebrate 13th birthdays and 16th birthdays in an extra special way. But even though we desire to be consistent, we can't, we are not that we just can't, but we choose not to give the same thing to every child because that's not what matters to every child. Yeah. They have different giftings and they have different interests. And so we this kind of came about spontaneously. Like we didn't sit down and plan long ago before they were 13 and 16 that, oh, hey, let's do this. But it did come about in a way where it it kind of happened. And then we thought, hey, this would be a really great way to celebrate these milestones in our kid's life and do something that they enjoy doing. We, as the parent, do something with them that they enjoy. Yeah. It's just important that consistency doesn't mean you always give everybody the exact same thing. Right. And thinking about, you know, even going back to device time, we need to be more cautious with our younger kids mm. than, um, I'm sorry, let me back up. We we need to provide more parameters probably for our younger kids yeah. because they are not to a place where they can exercise self-control. We need to be cautious for everybody. As, including ourselves. Including ourselves as we know that there are things on the internet, there are things on phones that could cause anybody to stumble. Right. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, a second topic. We're not saying that we covered everything that we need to be consistent uh, <laughs> about in regards to parenting. We just wanted to, to talk about a couple of, of different scenarios. For me, another important area of life is finances. So uh, one thing I think a husband and wife, a couple needs to be aware of is what is their their agreement and their application on spending versus saving. Mm. Because we know that we have enough kiddos where we have a diverse spectrum of how they interact with money, right? Right. And so that means that as you and I come to the table, we need to be aware of who's more likely to want to save, who's likely to spend. And this kind of even comes down to who's responsible for um, decision-making in regards to finances. What What are your thoughts on on some of those? I definitely think that we are all wired a little bit differently. For instance, we do have a child that 
uh, really likes to give gifts. And so they tend to spend, they want to spend money to give gifts to their siblings or other people. And that's important. Spending isn't always just about spending on yourself. Sometimes spending is for the benefit of others. And so I can kind of see that though with you and I as well. Like I like to give gifts to other people where I think it depends on what we're spending our money on and what our focus is um, because there are things that we both like to spend money on, but it's going to, it's going to look different on what, what that object is that we're wanting to spend money on. I I think that's a great call out is, you know, our differences in, in what we value and what we think is more beneficial for spending on. So uh, like a prime example would be technology. If it's about computers, I'm going to want to, I'm going to want to spend more than you would. Yeah. But there's other categories that, you know, like cleaning products and finding the best product that has the least amount of of chemicals and all of that stuff, those are things that you would value and put more emphasis on. But it's important, though, that we get to the same place so that I don't resent your decisions and so that you don't resent my decisions and then also so that either of our decisions doesn't greatly impact our financial situation. True, yeah. I think that's why it's important to communicate about those things, communicate, uh, communicate with each other about if you see a need or or I see a need that I think would be good for our family, then we need to talk about that and what kind of budget we need to set for for those things in our life. Um, what can we afford? Is this the right time? Mm, that's a very good point. Uh, you know, to to do that. And so I think there's there's a lot of different things that need to be discussed when it comes to finances. So so to recap what I heard you say, it's it's not just about the item that we're talking about. It's also about the timing of if it's appropriate to get that item now or to save for the future. Right. And so, you know, a situation for us is is housing. Mm-hmm. We we've had our eyes open on, okay, could we buy a house for a while now? <laughs> And Years. it's it's not just about our desire to want to be in a home because all of our kids would go, yes, we want to be in our own home because we can finally get a pet. <laughs> but there's a timing issue. And, and something else I think that's important that you said is we need to make sure that it's actually achievable in the moment. So for us to both be aware, at least to some degree of, of our financial situation now, because if I start hiding information from you or you start hiding information from me, intentionally or not, mm-hmm. then we're not in a strong, you know, we don't have a strong foundation for our finances. And I think something else that we can do that maybe we don't even, I think we could work on is really coming to the Lord in prayer about what he would like for us to do with our money. Because it's all his anyway, but I think it's important to to look to him because I think that will change sometimes our perspective on what we, what we do want to buy. I like where you're going with that. And that prompted me uh, in a different idea. I remember as a child, my parents giving me a, a small allowance and it grew as I grew older and my mom or my dad said, this is the part that you give back to God because it all belongs to God. And that's something that we've done in our home as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, as we think about 
parenting and specifically parenting our kids towards wise financial decisions, we do the same thing for them. Right. Is here's here's a small allowance, and we don't use allowances to. We're of the mindset our kids serve our family because that's the right thing to do because we serve each other. Right. Allowance is just a tool to help understand finances finances and how to use money. Mm -hmm. But there's that part that they give back. Mm -hmm. So every time I give out an allowance, I make sure that they understand this is your uh, spending part and this is your God money part. And that's what we call our our tithe or our offering that our kids give back. And some of our kids are a lot more generous with their... Like they go above and beyond, hundred percent. Their allowance money, or what, or or even money they've received as gifts, and sometimes they they give a lot more than their what we what we call their God money portion of yeah. of what they've received. And, and you and I look at that differently because of of our personal experience, and so sometimes we have to look at a situation after it's happened and go, okay, we got to evaluate. Like this is good, but also how do we how do we not quench the spirit the you know God's spirit working in our child's life, but then also help them understand the consequences of that? Because as we obey God, as we sacrifice for God's kingdom, there's consequences. But God says to be a cheerful giver, and I I see when they give, they're very cheerful about it. They they're excited yeah. about where their money is going. It's uh. It's challenging to see them building new habits and new consistency in their life that sometimes is at odds with my heart. Yeah. And so um, I love the fact that our kids teach us lessons um, and continue to help us grow in in that matter. Mm. So I think a, a good segue would be to move on to the idea of spiritual development within within our home. And how do we get on the same page, A, as husband and wife, but then how do we live that out in such a way where our kids see us showing up and our our words match our actions? One thing that we do, and I think we should probably do a podcast on this sometime in the future, is family devotion time. Mm. So how did we get to the point where we started to value that? And why do you feel like family devotion time is so meaningful for our family? I honestly can't remember how we developed that because it started when Naomi was little. I don't remember how old she was. I mean, we, we were always reading her books and reading her Bible verses and things like that. Um, but I think we just knew that we wanted our kids to know what the Bible said, and that was a great way for us as a family to interact with the Bible was doing it together so that we can all be learning. So you brought up something that I think a lot of people might miss is we don't, how do I say this the right way? I don't want it to be misunderstood. You, you can always show up with almost any child and contextualize it or make it age appropriate. Mm. So we weren't going up to Naomi and talking about theology, deep theological um, you know, vocabulary like propitiation and justification, but we were putting in that foundation, that that base layer of we believe God is good and he's our creator. Mm-hmm. So we start showing up in a way to present truth to her, even as a baby, right. as a toddler, and we kept that pattern up throughout all of our kids. Admittedly, we don't do a devotion every night, 
But that's kind of the target, right? Most nights we try to focus on that unless we have already done something like as a like with our core group time for instance or sometimes it's just you know some life does happen and so but we do try to consistently pray every night even if we can't get that devotion in yeah so i would say i'd say at least five times a week five to six times a mm-hmm. week in terms of devotion uh, every night of the week if possible we're not we're not being legalistic about right. it. it it's not about checking a box yeah so consistency in this situation is not about going i was consistent the consistency in this situation is i know god better my family knows god better and we- our kids have even grown to be our little say hey we haven't done the devotion yet or when are we going to do the devotion time and so for us and our family, it has just worked out where it happens in the evening, and that's the time frame that we can usually make it happen. And if we know that something's going to come up, sometimes we try to squeeze it in earlier before mm. that evening event happens. We don't always make that um, happen, but for us in particular, the evening time frame is when we've been able to most consistently have that time with our kids. And I would say it normally happens after dinner, before brushing your teeth. Mm -hmm, Before bedtime routine. Before bedtime routine. Yeah. So um, after dinner kind of leads to the next topic. We we have a lot of spiritual development and spiritual conversations that take place at the dining room table. That is, as much as any other place in our home, that is a place where God's truth is spoken and we hear our children's hearts and what they feel about God. What what do you think about that? And why is that why is that so meaningful? Because I get excited thinking about <laughs> our time around the table. That's interesting. Something that popped into my mind was taste and see that the Lord is good. And so as we are tasting our food and and enjoying our food, we can also be talking about who God is in our life or what we've been learning recently or any any type of topic actually that our kids want to talk about we we have the that time to do that and i'd also say that this is important to have many evenings or another maybe another meal time where you're together as a family and talking uh, one thing we enjoy doing as well is saying what's your high and low and so that just gives us a an opportunity to to see how their day's been so without one of us needing to be away for a very specific reason, I'd say every night of the week, we eat dinner together. Yeah. And, and you brought up another great point. A lot of what we do with our kiddos is open-ended questions. So it's opportunities for them to express themselves. So what was your high? What was the highlight of your day? The low? What was that thing that, that you didn't enjoy that frustrated you? But another question that we, we referenced in our... Um, podcast about the six questions is what's most interesting. Hmm. And you ask that almost every single night after we finish reading our devotion. Hmm. What's interesting to you? What stands out? We don't do a lot of drilling like who killed Goliath or who was the first king of Israel. We ask questions in such a way where the kids need to think and process and work through how they feel how they're intrigued about a specific verse or a specific story. I really enjoy that time. And when they they give us feedback, because they can come up with some really thought-provoking things about the scripture that we've been 
learning about or studying what they bring up, you know, impacts me sometimes as well. I mean, well, always does, but I just find it interesting how the Lord is working in their life. It's encouraging and challenging sometimes where you see God moving in a way, making them more like him, where we might go, oh, I need to be more like you, Jesus, in that way as well. Mm. So that accountability isn't just between you and I. Right. We're trying to create that culture where our kids hold us accountable. We hold them accountable. We spend time together in God's word. And, you know, I I, want to say all of these things are important, but I believe that being consistent in our spiritual development and being in a scenario, a culture in your family where that's valued and your kids know that is so important in life. Yeah, I agree. So as much as we appreciate our time and that spiritual development, we we fully acknowledge there's a lot of things that are required for us to live just everyday life. And so as we think about how we're consistent in maintaining our home, what are some of those things that we do regularly? What are some of those expectations that we set for, for members of our family? And how do we hold each other accountable? First thing that comes to mind is cleanliness. As we mentioned in episode 17, hair is just all over the place, right? But but you've always wanted a clean home. I was raised in a very similar situation. So fortunately, we come to the table, we're in agreement. But how do we make our agreement, our words match with our actions? What are some things we do in our home? For us, um, in this, it's helpful that I homeschool because I can make this happen easy. But uh I have the girls each, they each have a a task or several tasks that they have to do on Fridays um, to clean the home. And so we're we're all spreading out and and doing our certain area of the house. And sometimes we have to pitch in and help help other members, whether because they're sick or they're gone, something like that. So we're Or their age. Or their age, yeah. So right now, you know, our youngest doesn't do a whole lot, but the things he can do, I, I, I try to make him do certain things so that he is learning how to be a part of our family and how to pick up after himself. Or I have him fold washcloths because that's the only thing he that's can fold something right now. <laughs> he can do right now. And, and so that's one way. And, and the other thing I was thinking of is that I have to run the dishwasher every evening, pretty much usually. I mean, there's there's a few times when that doesn't happen, but we we fill up the dishwasher every day. So I run it in the evening time, and then I have each kid is assigned, except for the youngest right now, um, a yeah. day. How many plates would he break? <laughs> uh, but he he's getting to the point where there there are certain dishes he can put away, and yeah. so he does help with that occasionally. Um, but they have a day of the week in which it is their turn to unload the dishwasher in the morning. And and then we work together as a family to do it on the other the other days, because that's five days a week during the week that we definitely, they have an assigned day. Something that I think, I think we do a good job of structuring and, and providing um, expectations. Something that I want to see more of is... And everybody's different. How to how to teach our kids when to step up, just when they see a need. Mm-hmm. That's something I want to be consistent in all of our lives. That I I see a need because my my human nature, my heart, my selfishness would go. Well, I just want to I just want to be served, or I just want to 
relax. And, and that's something that, you know, we're working through. How do we instill into our kiddos? How do we show ourselves as adults just step up because somebody needs help? Take initiative. Take initiative, yeah. I, and I think that sometimes we have to t- say, hey, we need to have a family meeting right now. I am seeing things around the house where people are walking by it consistently and then just leaving it there and that's not, and not picking it up. And that's or, not what we do in our house. That's not what we want to be about. And so sometimes we do, all of us get at, at some points in time, get a little bit on the lazy side or, or life just happens mm. in such a way where I know that it's only for like a, a little bit that it's going to be like this, but when when possible like after whatever happens you know where it's like okay i know we can't deal with this right now but as soon as we can we're going to come together and say hey let's work together and get our house back to where we usually have it so two things i like about what you said is a we have to communicate expectation and b sometimes corrective action is required Hmm. so with consistency it doesn't mean that you come to the table and you're on the same page Sometimes you're no longer on the same page. Sometimes you're just not doing what you said you value. Mm -hmm. So sometimes correction is required. So we've talked about that in prior episodes, how we try to address that within our relationship. But we're not afraid to do that with our kids either. Right. We we often do family meetings. And and there are strengths and weaknesses within each of our kids. So there there are things that certain kids they take what well, they do better. They take initiative better or they enjoy more. Or they yeah, or they enjoy serving other family members better than cuz that's that's their strengths. Mm-hmm. And then and then we see that um maybe that's another one of our kids weaknesses. Just 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 yesterday I had one of our kids help two of the other kids in a weakness of theirs mm-hmm. and and walked them through and went through and this this took hours to to organize some of their school stuff in their desk area. And and she helped them do that. And they had to help. They had to be there with her, but they saw what she did. And I, I was really encouraged by that, that she took initiative to help me and to help them. And that, that's part of the culture we desire if we don't consistently show up. And if we don't show that that's something we value, then that will fall to the wayside. So, you know, with consistency, with all of these topics that we've talked about so far, if you value it, you have to you have to speak about it as if you value it. Mm. Then you have to live it out as if you value it. It's still consistency of agreement and application. And that was something we also discussed was that, hey, look what look where she got you to. Now, let's consistently keep it this way, putting things up where they go and not just leaving them out or, uh, you know, just keep it straightened up that way. And I know life happens, but it's, I'm, I'm curious to see how far they can go with this discipline. And what if it's just one more step to get them closer to where they want to go? Right. What if we have to come back another time and show them again remind them with our words and our expectations, but we believe that that's worth working towards and fighting for. Definitely, because there's going to be things in life that come about later on for them where 
they need to have those skills or they need to have that discipline in their life to go back. And like you said before, correction, you know, sometimes we do need multiple times of correction to, to get where we need to be. Hey friends, this is the part of the podcast that we warned you about earlier. We always want to be a family friendly podcast, but Really, that means sometimes we need to talk about important things, and this next topic is very important. So if kiddos are listening with you, I would recommend you pause, find a place for them to be away from you for just a moment, and then uh, pick back up again. So uh, the last topic, which is, I think, a very important topic in regards to great family life is the topic of sex. You know, we've been talking about communication. We're talking about, are we in agreement? Or is the husband and wife on the same page? And then are you actually applying <laughs> uh, those expectations about sex into everyday life? Let's first go to scripture because there's a, a verse that talks about a very specific situation. And it, it's Paul talking to the church in Corinthians about when it's okay not to be intimate with each other as husband and wife. And babe, would you mind reading that? So this is First Corinthians 7. And I'm reading verse 3 through 7. A husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise a wife to her husband. A wife does not have the right over her own body, but her husband does. In the same way, a husband does not have the right over his own body, but his wife does. Do not deprive one another, except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again, otherwise Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all people were as I am, but each has his own gift from God. One person has this gift and another has that. Nina, I am very grateful I don't have Paul's gift (laughs) and that that we get to enjoy that part of life together and be intimate in a way where God says, this is what marriage should look like. This is how a husband and wife should act. And we get to do that and be that with each other. So A, I do want to make it clear that Paul says singleness is just as God honoring as married life. But Paul's giving this disclaimer. He says, if you're going to not be intimate with each other, it needs to be for a specific time and for a specific reason. And in this case, it's it's really don't be intimate with each other so you can be connected more with God. Mm-hmm. And something that I think that that stands out to me is my body's not my own anymore. Your mm. body's not your own anymore. When we when we gave each other our lives, we gave each other everything about who we are. And so, in in another important distinction, and and this was something important you wanted to talk about. This is just not that the man has a desire and a want for his wife's body, but it should be that a wife wants her husband as well. It goes both directions. Yeah. But but do you think historically, like in our generation, that's what that's what we were told? Or or is there kind of another message that you feel like, especially women were told? Um I just don't up? feel like it's talked about that that Well, let's back up. Talked about in the world or talked about in the church. Either. Well I mean I guess the world does talk about it, but but it's perverted, right? The way that the the world paints sexuality. Mm. It's a, it's a perversion yeah. of It's of, not lining up with God's plan. It's not God's design. But I also think that in the church we don't talk about that the the sexual intimacy between a husband and wife is f- also for the wife. A lot of times people think, "Oh, it's just for the husband. It's 
only what he wants, but God made it for the husband and the wife to enjoy. And so I just don't think we talk about it enough that it it can also be enjoyable for the wife. Not only that it can be, it should be. Yeah. So so if we look into scripture, there is one uh, book in the Bible that will make a lot of uh, Sunday-going churchgoers blush more than any other book, and that's Song of Songs. Right. And it's not just, even though it's written from a perspective of a man, there's this woman's voice that, that goes throughout, and she's talking about wanting to please and be pleased, mm-hmm. that she is uh, an equal participant in this journey and this, right. this intimacy. And it's not just something where she's wanting to make her, her husband happy. She wants to be as equally happy as he is. And I think that, that for sexual intimacy to be good in marriage, we also like there has to be some discussion between the husband and wife in regards to that, um, with with one another, not not during the the act, but sometime before, where you can step away from kids and and have some discussion. It's good to talk about what you see or how you see your sexual intimacy in in marriage and and what do you want from it, and and talk about those things with one another, just like we've talked about with other things including finances and so that's a really good point some people are afraid to talk about finances because there's a problem and they're trying to avoid the problem hmm. some people are afraid to talk about parenting but let's just be honest when we were talking about all the other topics <laughs> that was just something that we had little to no concern about but we get to this topic of sex and we actually had a conversation with one of our our kiddos age appropriate conversation about God's good plan for sex within marriage and she said something like this just this just i, I don't just, know what it's gross it's gross <laughs> but even as two married people who enjoy our intimacy with each other talking about this publicly yeah. there's, there's just a different level of taboo i don't know if taboo's the right word but I, I i agree with your point the world the the church doesn't talk about it in a way to make it something that people feel comfortable talking about. Yeah. And even one of our kids um, mentioned, we, we were having a discussion with them last night about sexual intimacy and how good God designed it to be and how they can look forward to that at some point in their life if, you know, but it's okay that they think it's gross right now. It's it's okay that they they their thoughts about it is age appropriate and good. Um, but that also that one day their, their thoughts on it might change. And, and so when it is discussed in, in church or wherever, it is an uncomfortable topic for a lot of people. And parents, if you are not the one who's teaching your kids about any topic, Mm. if, if the church is not teaching your kids about a very important topic in life, there is a vacuum and somebody will fill that void. Yeah. So, so you it's might probably not what you want them to know. It's not. Yeah. So you might be questioning us because you're like, well, you're already talking with your, your children about sex and we're, we're not talking about details. We're not talking about how but we're talking about why it's worth saving yourself in and operating within God's design for what sex should be within marriage. 
that's that's the narrative that we want to be ahead of the ball instead of behind the ball because i i know the world will will give all the information that i don't want my children to receive if i don't give them the information that i believe god wants for them and we do though tell our kids too that the world is giving a certain message to them that and that and that doesn't follow god's design most of the time yeah 100% so I don't want to leave this out. I believe that showing up consistently in all aspects of marital life helps the sexual side of our relationship be more fulfilling and and just create more compatibility. So I guess what I mean by that is if I'm not showing up in the parenting side of things or if I'm not participating in financial decisions or if I let something go or I'm just not consistently pursuing you mm. and your need to be um, with me with quality time, then how do I expect for this important part of our relationship to be meaningful as well? So there's consistency in all aspects, not just in not just expectations from my side in one part of our life. It's us showing up together in all parts of life so we can enjoy all parts of life. And I think for uh, the wife in particular, there is a mental uh, decision that needs to happen that, you know, we're, we're thinking about um, not just sex, but we're thinking about how can I, like for you, you like physical touch. And so how can I just throughout the day show you that, hey, I know you're here. I appreciate you and, and show you those things as well so that your side of things that you're seeing that I care and value you on a day-to-day basis. I, I appreciate you saying that. And it kind of makes me think of, we're kind of dancing with each other through the day, even mm. though we can't always be right beside each other. And, and again, you have the benefit of, of homeschooling. I have the benefit of working from home. So that removes some obstacles, but creates new obstacles mm-hmm. when we're thinking about um, intimacy in our life. But we're kind of dancing with each other and, and, you know, you make a move and I make a move and it leads to sexual intimacy. Um, but also it just in general leads to quality marriage. Yeah. And um, I'm really blessed by that. Um, yeah. Glad that we have figured out our dancing style together, how to, to give and take and um, yeah, just figure that part of life out. I, I appreciate that too about our marriage and our relationship. I do want to acknowledge though that there are seasons where sometimes life is a little bit more difficult or that, that looks a little different in that it just requires, just like we were talking about with even maintaining our home, it requires, hey, we might just need to reset. Um, you know, or we know that, oh, this week is just going to be a busy week. And Let's get back on track or, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? I think what you're saying is not that we give excuses of why we can't be together, but after the fact, if we see a pattern emerge that we want to stop, mm-hmm. we talk about it and go, how do we, how do we reset? Mm-hmm. But, but I think to your point and how I initially heard you say it, th- there needs to be, um, w- we need to feel comfortable enough to communicate expectation. Yeah. You know, if if something's super stressful at work, that I, you just need to be aware of that because either a, I I'm not going to be in a place 
where I might not pursue you the same way, mm. but I still might be in a situation where I still want you. Yeah. And, and so it, it just, it's other parts of life aren't an excuse to exclude um, sexual intimacy. Mm. Now, back to Paul's point, mm. if we need to be praying about something, if we need to be pursuing God in a very specific way, and to put aside our physical desire for each other, that's totally acceptable. Right. But I believe it's to pursue God and his guidance with a very specific time frame. Paul, even though he wasn't married, was smart enough to go, you're going to start desiring things. Mm. Find that fulfillment within your marriage, not outside of marriage. Right. Yeah, there's going to be that temptation if you don't find that in your spouse. Wow, it's been a, a not a roller coaster, but just a lot of great things to think about all these different aspects of life. And Nina, something I desire is that we continue to grow in consistency. We'll be on the same page in agreement, but also live out life in a way that we say, this is, this is what we desire. We do. We're people of integrity and people of our word. Hey friend, we appreciate you listening to a variety of topics today. We wanted just to talk about how consistency can be applied in different aspects of life. And we we feel that all of those aspects are super important. Reach out to us and let us know if there's a specific topic that was really important to you that you'd maybe want us to talk more about. But also in the notes, I'm going to provide an email address. If you have a prayer request, please feel free to send us prayer requests. We'd love to pray for you guys. Thank you, friends, for listening to our topic today and being a part of learning and growing through consistency. I hope you've enjoyed our podcast and We will talk to you next time. Talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye.